Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Today we have uh, some distinguished panelists. Uh, Diana Dennis is a U.S. Army veteran and a national advocate and activist on women veterans' issues and lead administrator for social media service, Women Who Serve. We also have uh, Damika Jackson, a U.S. Army veteran and CEO of Reinvent You. Uh, she is um, an LLC that trains, assists, promotes, and advises veterans on and nonprofits with strategic planning and organizational development. Uh, she is a U.S. Army uh, veteran and a clinical uh, program coordinator and DOD mobile training consultant. She uh, specializes in sexual assault prevention and sp- serves on the Military Women's Coalition Sexual Violence Policy Committee. Her education includes both undergraduate and graduate degrees in psychology and business, and she's currently located in Florida. It's a pleasure to have both of you on. Uh, uh, So, Diana, you know, maybe introduce the topic a bit. Uh, It's the impact of domestic violence and intimate partner violence on veterans, families, and communities. Uh, yes. Good evening. It's it's a pleasure to be with you, um, Colonel Arnold. And I, I think that one of the things that has been very, very difficult with COVID is this is a topic that nobody talks about and people don't want to deal with in regular times when everything's normal. Um, we also have uh, joining us today Rosie Powell. And, and Rosie is a, a homeless advocate. Uh, out of Cleveland, who has been working on the consent decree that came down a number of years ago um, upon the death of um, several black people in the community in greater Cleveland at the hands of police. And she's been working on the crisis intervention training um, modules for the police department and emergency um, responders. And domestic violence and intimate partner violence are things that, you know, people don't just normally jump up and go and decide they're going to leave a bad situation. And when everything is normal, and both Tamika and Rosie can attest to this, when everything's fine in the general world that we're working in, if you are able to connect with a social worker at your VA or in your immediate community, and when the time finally comes that you have summon the strength to leave and you get your social worker, you run to the school, you grab your kids, it's never planned, and you go to a safe haven. That goes down the tubes when you're in a situation like a pandemic, when we have no knowledge of what is really working right now, of what's available, and this is creating massive problems across the country in every community. What I can tell you right off the top, and then I'm going to defer to D'Amica, is that the number of calls on intimate partner violence, domestic violence, have dropped by over 50% in every urban area almost across the board nationwide. And 
it's because people have they don't know what to do they have no resources and those those last minute decisions to finally decide to get out you can't do in a lockdown you can't get away it's terrifying right now for our for our military members and our veterans in these circumstances both men and women people are behind the eight ball they are between a rock and a hard place and we've got to figure out better ways to help them. Uh, Demika, I'd like you to jump in now because we started this issue last month. This is part two. And we wanted to get more in depth about what are some of the creative out-of-the-box things people can do to try to help folks in these situations. Thank you so much, Diana. Well, what we have been um, assisting in informing people to do, if they have local churches or if they have um, local support groups to go to, to start assisting, uh, reaching out to those nonprofit agencies that may not necessarily work with domestic violence, but they may work with victims of sexual assault or they may have um, some additional resources. Because you're you're correct with the pandemic, so many places have either shut down or been limiting how many people they can bring in or provide a safe haven to. So people have stopped coming in and calling. So what we have continued to do is to utilize technology, to utilize local support groups, to utilize again those churches, those um, close nonprofits in proximity, to possibly put resources in place to ensure that the children, in, if there's children involved, or the individual is safe. Because regardless of the limited resources that are available, the most important thing is to make sure that that individual feels safe. So still putting in um, local resources and utilizing different types of agencies to secure those services for those individuals. And it's and I know that, that uh, and I'd like to bring Rosie in on this. Rosie, um, I know you've been reading up on and being familiar with some of the changes in law enforcement to try and better get a handle on intimate partner violence. Hello? Yes. Go, go ahead, Rosie. Yes. Um, here in Cleveland, they use something called a danger assessment for law enforcement screening tool. They call it DALE for short. And it's an evidence-based risk assessment screening incident, uh, I'm sorry, instrument where they, um, they ask someone 11 questions to figure out um, how at high risk they are. Um, and uh, domestic violence, you know, when the pandemic started, violent crime was down in April, but domestic violence calls were up. So, so questions they they ask they ask questions like uh, if somebody has uh, threatened to kill themselves or to kill you, if the person is unemployed, um, have they ever tried to choke you? Do they have a gun? And so, if someone answers yes to mm -hmm. seven or more of the eleven questions, then they determine that this person is deemed to be a high risk and they handle it by a specialized high risk team and it's a newly formed team with with um throughout the city that includes detectives advocates and prosecutors and they now the municipal court also has a specialized docket to handle these cases 
thank you. I, I think that among the things we're dealing with is none of the normal processes are there, and money is has just dried up everywhere. Um, D'Amica, mm-hmm. and I know a, a friend of mine in Chicago has been working with these programs. I have a friend in California doing the same thing, and and one in D.C., and what they're trying to do is get their women vet communities and their male veterans because, and and I'm going to backtrack for just a second, the exact same numbers we have in the military for sexual assault and trauma of one out of four women and uh, one out of ten men are the same for domestic violence. Uh, So we are going to continue, especially in high military and high veteran population areas, to see more and more of our veterans facing these kinds of, of situations, and we've got to figure out better ways to help them. So for Christmas this year, going through the entire holiday period, holidays are always super dangerous for intimate partner violence, especially in a year when things are just so topsy-turvy. Um, they're trying to, to put together meals and options and, mm-hmm. you know, just small things Socks and shoes and gloves and hats and coats and, you know, a, a few uh, gift cards here and again for families so that their stresses are reduced and they're not fearful of food insecurity right at the top of that and warmth uh, at a time when we're not sure if at the end of this month um, millions and millions and millions of Americans are going to be booted out of their homes with the expiration of the protections for rent and mortgage expiring. So I, I think that every program that we can do along these lines is important. Um, Demika, do you know if in uh, how Florida is doing along these lines of putting together uh, good packages? I know George is doing it. There, there are several groups like Women Veterans Social Justice in Georgia that are putting those out. Um, and Final Salute up in the DV, DMV um, and Chicago, uh, Bridgette, Letizanzi is, uh, and I just slaughtered her name, is um, doing some of those things in Chicago. So I'm, I'm just trying to see if we have a feel for other places in the country and how they're doing it and how it's working in Florida. You guys have massive military. Yes, and we actually have a lot of nonprofits assisting with those supporting the families economically because you're correct. If we can help to reduce some of those stressors, that will kind of assist with those emotions and that tension building in those certain individuals. So we have organizations like Hope for Veterans. We have Northeast Florida Women Veterans um, Center. We have um, the Veterans Council. They are all coming together, putting, getting foods, working with organizations like Farm Share to make sure that those families have food, trying to get grants to um, just give gift cards to assist with the financial stressors because, as you stated, there's so much going on with this pandemic with, with finances. Even when it comes to the housing situation, the uh, state actually just released a new program, especially here in Jacksonville, to assist individuals with evictions and foreclosures. Uh, more money was um, able to be released. So they're trying to work with families, even reaching out to the local your bank or whoever's your lender and discussing with them options to try to reduce, to reduce those stressors that are going on, especially during the holiday season when people are just trying to be with their families, trying to do so much for their families. We want to try to reduce as much stress as possible. 
including some of the resources and things we're putting in place, going into the schools and talking to teenagers about intimate partner violence and talking to them about warning signs and relationships, starting off in the school system so that they can start to see those possible triggers and those red flags that may arise in their pending relationships or even in, within their families. Yeah, military kids very often will go to uh, somebody in Military One Source and say, yes. what do we do? And they don't even know who to talk to, but they're saying, I don't know what to do, my dad or my mom. Somebody's beating up somebody else in the family, and we're trying to get a handle on it. We're scared. And, you know, uh, a lot of times military families don't want to talk about it. They don't want to engage in it because it can impact a career. But we have to look at not, we have to look at saving people's lives. And if it's triggered by mental health issues, we need to get mental health issues addressed. So the more of those things we can do, the better. Colonel Arlo, I know that America Heroes Group is doing all kinds of stuff to try and help folks out, including uh, that large giveaway of funds um, that you all worked on. What are some of the things that you see among the military groups that you're doing up in Chicago? Yeah, you know, we actually are, you know, um, myself and Cliff have been, you know, um, actually donating some money to, you know, to the veterans out there. And um, also, you know, we have a um, box giveaway, you know, that we're doing for um, the holiday food boxes. And it's by Top Box. Actually, it's Chris Kennedy and, um, uh, you know, Congressman Danny Davis who are, you know, uh, supporting that initiative and uh, trying to help veterans. But we actually, you know, you were mentioning before about the COVID. I'm really intimately involved with uh, the COVID response uh, with the mass vaccination team. And uh, one of the things that we are doing, I'm, you know, sitting on the board of health for Illinois right now, and I was a former director for the Illinois Department of Public Health. And so one of the sectors that I'm focusing on is really uh, looking at disparities and that kind of thing. And we're looking, we've had meetings with uh, the disabilities community, which includes a lot of veterans. Um, uh, we also have the LGBTQ plus community uh, that uh, also, um, you know, we have that uh, crossover with the military service that many of them perform, uh, you know, on a regular basis and have done uh, well as veterans and as active duty now. Uh, and we have, you know, women who are, you know, in the same uh, boat. And, you know, when, as you were talking, I was really thinking about, you know, we have the COVID-19 going on now, and it must be even more difficult for someone to reach out, you know, because how can you feel secure in your home where you're, you know, you have mm -hmm. to stay home and you have to be here with this person who's potentially abusing you, right? And if that mm -hmm. person is doing that, how do you break away from that? I mean, it, it feels like you're even more limited in your ability to sort of reach out and speak out. And as, as you were talking about that, Diane, I was thinking about the numbers you were giving with the 50% decrease in, you know, calls on domestic violence. I wonder if that has some kind of influence on that, you know, and whether people are even more desperate now than they were prior to COVID-19. Yeah, I think it does. I think that, well, I mean, one of the things that Damika and I had spoken about and Rosie and I had spoken about as well is what do we do on on alternate housing at this point for people who are in terrifying relationships. You know, we've watched uh, the number of shelter space has dried up. The number of safe harbor spaces have dried up. Rentals are gone. Hotels have shut down and reduced the amount of space that they're renting. We are in a terrible situation. 
for what do we do for the alternatives? And many of the social workers in the VA and in the general community, social services across the board, are telehealth. They're doing their appointments by telehealth. So the person who is most likely to help you, that's why it was important that D'Amica bring up the church environments and religious assistance in the community, because if all of the normal places and where the person can take you by the arm, literally mm-hmm. put an arm around your shoulder and say, I can help you get through this, is on a computer and not in person, the motivation to get out of a seriously dangerous situation is not there mm-hmm. because the fear factor is so high. Yeah. And and that the you know yeah. that, that Dell tool that um that Rosie was mentioning, you know, with um you know greater than seven people, you know, I'm sorry, that seven questions being positive puts you at high risk. You know, you know, it, it seems like there's something at least, you know, some kind of indicator because sometimes when you're in those situations you may not be completely aware of how this uh, abusive relationship is affecting you, you know, and uh, it can it can cause you to be uh, depressed and, you know, um, react in different ways than you normally would if you were not in that kind of situation. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure if there's a way that people can uh, sort of, um, you know, reach out uh, if there's a, you know, uh, some type of uh, tool they can reach out for, if there's a, you know, helpline or you know, uh, some uh, website that they can go to to take a look to see what's there if they feel that they need that help? I know that people have been putting up, they put up a lot of the the suicide helplines. D'Amica had provided um, a a national uh, domestic violence, uh, intimate partner violence hotline last month, and unfortunately Mm -hmm. I don't have it in front of me. I thought I had it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And... Um, and if she has that, we could repeat it. But it's it's uh, we need to be able to just kind of talk about it. I guess the biggest thing for me and why we wanted to carry this on this month mm-hmm. is because people aren't talking about this, and yes. it needs more visibility. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people in sexual violence that have survived sexual violence have also survived intimate partner violence. I mean, we have a lot of crossovers. These things are not mutually exclusive. Yes, yes, absolutely. And um, so, you know, so, you know, what advice would you, you know, uh, give to, um, you know, a a woman or, as you were mentioning, one in four women, one in ten men? That's just an astounding number, you know, um, that we, you know, we have to really pay very, very close attention to. Uh, What what kind of advice would you give to them or what would you say to them, you know, letting them know that maybe there's someone there who can help them? Or, you know, um, you, you know, for them to, uh, you know, start to feel like someone cares about them. Because sometimes you can, yeah, I guess, get into that situation and feel like there's no hope or no one cares. I would defer to D'Amica on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely say you're not alone in this. To reach out to a friend that you trust, reach out to a church, reach out to a nonprofit. If you are able to utilize and go online, if you have that access, contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline, and that's 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 7233. Again, that's 1-800-799-7233. You can call, you can chat, 
you can um, contact someone 24-7. Reach out to your local nonprofits. Get help. You are not alone in this. We prefer that you are safe and alive than to risk another day being in a situation that is unhealthy and that you don't feel safe and secure. That's right. Thank yeah. you so much. And Colonel Arnold yes. and Rosie mm-hmm. and Danica mm-hmm. and everybody, thank you so much. I know we've run out of time for the yeah. day, but I do want to wish best holidays to everyone. And we're thrilled to partner with the American Heroes Group, Cliff Kelly and yourself, Colonel Arnold. And, yes. yeah. and we, you know, we do encourage people to talk about these issues. They are, they are absolutely imperative. And service women who serve and the Military Women's Coalition Sexual Violence Policy Committee are all over this issue. Right. Um, so we, we still need to keep talking about it, and thank you so much for the, for, the forum to discuss it. Oh, yeah. Well, America's Heroes mm-hmm. Group Roundtable is really uh, pleased and honored to partner uh, with the women who serve. And, uh, you know, again, that domestic violence number is 1-800-799-SAFE. Uh, and the numbers are 7233, but 1-800-799-SAFE because, uh, you know, we have the COVID going on right now, but we have, you know, we have risk benefits and all those kinds of things, and it's risky for you to be in a situation that's unsafe. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.